Hello, I'm Somi Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher and the founder of Impeak. My guest on today's podcast is Cypher, the founder of GMDAO, a community of NFT collectors, artists, and investors created in 2021 through a fair token distribution. There's a lot in this interview to learn about DAOs and art collecting. So let's dive right in. So you are, you're the founder of GMDAO, right? That's right. Yes. Okay. So um, I thought this would be an uh, opportunity for me to learn more about GMDAO from your own words uh, and kind of like get an understanding of your background, how you got into it. So uh, it's my understanding that GMDAO is basically a an art curation um a type of token right or or um you know community right so so people buy a token that will then uh give them uh access to drops that you have uh curated um so is is it in that sense would you say it's a bit like uh, similar to proof yeah so from from an outside perspective i can understand why you have that impression um that the GM token is effectively just a mint pass. Um, although it's that wasn't what it was originally intended for. Um, so there are two, basically there are two main parts to, to GM DAO currently. There's the DAO, which is obviously, you know, the, the community. And then there's the studio, GM Studio, which is one of our first products, which we've launched. And uh, I can get into detail as to why we why we launched that and how we, how we went about that. But yeah, one of the main... Kind of attractors to, to people to the DAO currently is the fact that anything that we launch on the studio, um, DM DAO members are automatically whitelisted or sorry, allow listed to, to those drops. So that's one of the main perks, certainly, but that wasn't the original, the original intention of the of the token. Mm, okay. So what was the original uh, intention and how how did that uh, change come about? So there was no original intention, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, so the story is so basically, uh, my my background kind of answering this question in in kind of in one fell swoop is is in digital marketing. That's my that was my original professional background. Um, specifically, I worked in in business development. So I, I always found it interesting as to why certain content went viral and um, and just generally how communities formed on on social media. And uh, and I basically was fortunate enough to experience that firsthand by by owning a board ape in the very early, very early stages and uh, I was kind of fascinated by the community aspects behind behind nfts and and um I basically decided at one point that I wanted to see if I could replicate that on my own um I didn't have any sort of skill set to actually you know I'm not an artist myself I uh, you know I didn't I didn't necessarily wanted to go down the path of creating uh, an art project but I did want to see if I could try and replicate the community aspect um, but rather than build it around a project or um, or anything else I wanted to see if it could be done based on um, on a viral marketing campaign effectively and so in towards the end of 2021 I I basically announced that I was going to be saying GM every single day for 100 days and the first 10 people that would respond to to those tweets would would be able to claim one of these tokens, which was the DAO token. And I wasn't really expecting many people to be interested or to even participate. So there was even a mechanic that said that any, you know, on days that we didn't have 10 people replying, 
that the tokens would get burnt essentially um but that didn't happen very regularly people for for whatever reason got really excited about the idea and and there was people developing bots and scripts to 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 reply to all of my tweets no matter what they were um but it what it kind of resulted in was a really really passionate community uh a lot of the initial members were obviously followers of mine as you'd expect but um i've i've always had an interest in in generative art and and well actually i say always i mean since i've been in the nft space i've always been fascinated by by generative art that's where i've been leaning towards so there were naturally a lot of people who were also actively involved in this space or were artists themselves so you said for a hundred days so how many tokens there are now so there so if there was so 10 for 100 days so there was originally meant to be a thousand tokens uh -huh. but as i said there were some days where where people didn't respond or or sometimes there are actually people didn't end up claiming the tokens so we ultimately ended up deciding as a, a community at, at the end of that 100 day period we decided what should we do with these tokens that aren't going to be claimed and we voted as a as a, as a DAO to, to burn them and so the final number is 900 tokens Mm -hmm. um so and that's quite funny because obviously at the time they were they were worthless those tokens you know they were you know on OpenSea I think one sold maybe for like ten dollars whereas now obviously they're trading at I think three ETH and been up to, to six ETH so there's been a lot of people who've, who've come back to me like a year later saying hey by the way I, I can I get that token now I forgot to I forgot to claim it and you know, I have to say I'm sorry they've been, they've been destroyed they've been burnt but uh, but yeah, that was the original idea, and uh, yeah, it's obviously evolved since then. But um, but yeah, that's how it all started. I I so empathize with that because when we released our Genesis token, it was point one, and uh, so many people didn't mint. You know, like that the mint didn't go very well in the beginning that day. The psychology behind minting, I think people could write dissertations or on this type of mentality. It's it's really interesting. Um, people need to see that momentum. And, you know, we've definitely experienced that. Not so much with the, well, we did to a certain extent experience it with the DAO tokens, but really if, with the studio, with the drops, um, we, we're fortunate that we never had an instance where we haven't minted out very, very quickly. But we definitely have seen, um, you know, we, we've had to, to, to try and play around a lot with our drop mechanics to try and make sure that we do maintain momentum because, you know, even though we've been fine on the actual drop itself, or the minting of the the collections, we've seen how momentum can really impact the the secondary volume and how people because there's an entire different mentality there as well. Like you mentioned, people didn't want to mint it, but they buy it at 0.5, um, and it is really like people people take these things seriously that they'll use analytics to to see how many how many buyers there are, like and and things like velocity, all that kind of stuff. So it's really important. So I, yeah, I sympathize with it. Well, yeah, it is. I don't know if if to say it's important necessarily is the 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 issue is that that type of mentality doesn't apply to every type of token. Hmm. You know, like there are tokens that are collectibles that are, you know, PFPs, etc. That. But for us, it's like a membership token, um, you know, to an educational platform. So that the Genesis token is for people, for thought leaders who want to give lessons on the platform, who want to build, you know, who want to create content that want us to 
support uh, building their profile. So it's more for basically builders, thought leaders, educators, um, you know, uh, and content creators. And then the, uh, the Gen 2 token is for people who want to learn. Um, but in general, I'm like, you know, I just always trying to think that that people buy tokens for the wrong reason. If, if you're buying it, because uh, simply because of the the value going up and and flipping, then um, then that's not necessarily the right reason for our type of business. So how do you manage that? So so you now have those for uh, nine hundred token holders, and is it like nine hundred unique token holders? Or I, I heard somebody just recently did a a sweep uh, of your floor. Uh, who was that? Uh, that was Danny, uh, aka Seed Phrase. Um, so so he yeah. does that with a lot of things right like because i've heard that he's also sweeped uh creeps and yeah i think i think he when he when he likes a project or when he sees potential he doesn't hold back he, he tends to just go <laughs> go full in head first um so he did that yeah i think he's done that with a number of projects he's done that with art blocks in the past he's he did that with our with all of our studio collections i believe um, so he, he shows a lot of conviction, which is, which is awesome. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I sympathize as well, you know, people buying in for the wrong reasons. I think it's very hard to, to avoid, um, when something has monetary value, um, and they see the number going up, then you will, you will have speculators no matter what, unfortunately. Um, I think it's just the nature of the space right now. Um, I, I don't think we'll ever get to a time where there won't be speculators. And it is frustrating because especially as a, as a DAO, where we really want tokens in the hands of people who are going to contribute and going to participate in, in the community, there are, um, so to answer your question, no, it's not one token and it's not, so the number of unique holders, I believe, is around 800. So there are people who hold multiple tokens, but in terms of actual active users, I'll say it's probably around six, 600, 650, something like this. So there's around you know 200 tokens 250 tokens who are just sat in wallets um of, of people who are either speculators or or passive investors or maybe they use it for the studio mints but they don't act they don't actively participate in the community which is a shame but I think I think this it's unavoidable unfortunately when when there's money involved people will always speculate yeah which is why we are for our next drop we are going to soulbound tokens actually. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think for us, that's the right uh, kind of answer. So since since you've uh, launched, uh, how long is it and how many art drops have you had? So the DAO launched on September in 2021. And then the studio was launched in what well, it was conceptualized in December of 2021. But I think it officially launched in January of 2022. And since January, we've dropped five collections. So what's the difference? So so the DAO and, and then the studio, tell me a little bit more about how this mechanic works. So as I said, the studio is the first product that we launched as a DAO. So as I mentioned, when the community was first in, kind of created, there was no product or you know, it was really just based on, on an idea or on a thought experiment. Uh, but we, as I mentioned, there were a lot of people who were actively involved in the, in the gen art space, uh, a lot of artists and when we initially sat down together to brainstorm as to what we could potentially build, that was a natural, one of the natural um, paths that we saw in front of us was a gen art platform uh, because we 
basically said what is missing today you know what's lacking and a lot of the artists says you know said we we have a we have art to to share but it's very difficult for us to publish new new works because the options are very limited at the time there was art blocks and to a lesser extent there was gen art as well but they each had their own problems um art blocks was at that stage very very popular still is obviously and for for up and coming artists it's it's quite challenging to have collections launched there not necessarily because the quality of the work is good enough but just because they have so much interest that their their wait times are so long and the way that they select work uh, their curation process was was somewhat opaque um, so it wasn't really obvious to the artists as to why their collections might get accepted or not and so we we took on board all of that feedback when actually building the studio so we one of the main differentiators is the fact that it is a we implement a blind curation process which means that our curation panel who are all DAO members they review every submission blindly so they don't know any of the information about the artists they they judge it purely based on merit and based on what this what they see and we feel that this allows new artists you know somebody who maybe has never launched anything in the past have a, a fair opportunity to be able to to launch their collections because that's another aspect of, of of art blocks is that they actually evaluate submissions also based on the artist's portfolio and their previous work whereas we feel that that's not that's not representative of where they are today um that's more representation of their journey and, and we we didn't feel that that was that was necessary so yeah so as i mentioned back in july we we officially launched with our first collection called mind the gap and we've we've only launched five collections and that's not to say that um we couldn't launch more but because our curation is blind we and we we don't have any sort of investors or things like this we don't have to launch unless we feel that we have collections that are of a certain standard so we're we're really trying to position ourselves as the ultra curated platform where we're you know we only launch stuff when we feel we found something of a very very high quality and and when these um you know launches happen the number of tokens uh what, what are the what are the number of tokens so is it like only if you have a gm DAO, DAO token that you can get those no so it so the thinking and this has evolved since we've done each drop but where we've landed today is that if you hold a DAO token your your wallet is automatically allow listed for the drops um in reality that doesn't mean that the entirety of the drop goes to the DAO because as I mentioned there's only around 600 to 650 active members and not all of the members are actually interested in Gen R so I'd say on average we see around 500 mints coming from the DAO which means whatever's left over for that collection goes to the to the general public and previously I'd say most of our drops have been around 900 pieces or close to a thousand pieces so that means that around a 50 50 split between the DAO and, and the public um so that's that's typically how it's worked up to now uh but yeah that's not to say that if we one of the challenges I suppose is that if we launch smaller collections we're going to have to think of ways in which we can accommodate the DAO aspect but also one of the things we've always tried to maintain at you know and to, to a certain extent is that public aspect as well because I think it we don't necessarily want 
because obviously you you mentioned that, that the DAO was a mint pass, which it essentially is, but we don't want it to be perceived purely as a mint pass. It, first and foremost, it's a DAO token, it's a governance token. Um, and that that's kind of a perk is that that mint aspect, but we don't want to kind of enforce or reinforce that that view that it's purely a, a mint pass. Awesome. So um, tell me a little bit about the mechanics of the DAO. So you guys make all the decisions together. Is it vote-based um, or is there um, a more of a centralized um, leadership at all? How does how does that work? Uh, all, all the mechanics of running something like that with six, seven hundred people active. Yeah, it's a great question, and it's uh, it's quite timely as well because you mentioned the legal aspect. We're we're currently in the in the final stages of actually incorporating, but um, yeah, it's a challenge. I'll, I'll admit. So it's it's really about striking a balance between decentralization, um, but there needs to be a level of centralization in some areas to to actually get things done. So. In the early stages, when we were building the studio, we, you know, to actually to build something, obviously you need people to volunteer. At that stage, we didn't have a huge amount of funding. In fact, I'd say we'd had we had pretty much no funding within our treasury. So it was just a question of finding people who would raise their hands, who wanted to, you know, actually develop the product um, or work on the product. And we saw very early on that when you do these types of, when you try to get people to work on a on a voluntary basis stuff just doesn't get done you need to you need to empower people to actually make decisions and who can actually um, kind of steer the product or steer the project um, and take ownership of it because as I said other, otherwise things just stagnate and, and nothing gets done and to a certain extent that's true of the DAO as a whole so all of the all of the proposed anyone is able to make a proposal all of the one token equals one vote so in that sense it varies it functions as a DAO I've, I heard obviously I'm biased in saying this but I hear a lot of the members saying that they're that we're one of the few DAOs that actually operates truly as a DAO but but that isn't to say that there aren't aspects which are more centralized so if there are particular basically we try to organize ourselves into into working groups so if there are you know people who are more interested in managing the treasury or if there are people who like want to focus on the studio we we organize them into working groups and then we empower those working groups to to make decisions on behalf of, of that area of the DAO but the way that we empower them is still done in a democratic way so any sort of executive powers that we give somebody have to be voted uh, by the DAO um and you know they it's generally you know, it's as if we were giving them a, a contract. So we only have uh, four, I believe, yeah, four full-time employees currently in, in the DAO, including myself. And But they have very clear responsibilities as to what they do. And and all of those responsibilities, as I, as I mentioned, were voted through by the by the DAO as a whole. Mm. Super interesting. I'm, I'm really uh, interested in exploring the mechanics of DAOs. Um, do you think that DAOs will ever be able to achieve the level of, you know, growth that a company can? Well, I mean, I think there already are examples of DAOs that have, I mean, it depends how you define a company. If it's just around their their book value or their treasuries, there are certainly DAOs that are that would be considered VCs at this stage. Um, 
So I think I think we're already there, but I I, de I definitely understand what you're saying around agility and 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 you know DAOs having to be by nature they take they take longer. So I can definitely see that as as DAOs grow in terms of well I guess maturity in terms of revenue and all all types of different metrics that they will gravitate towards more centralization in certain areas to to give them the flexibility they need to grow or to 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 operate because for example with us the studio for instance it doesn't operate as a DAO it really operates as a business in a lot of ways because we really we need that agility to to actually to make decisions if we had to have a vote for every minute uh, operational change nothing again would would it just it wouldn't function it, it, we need to make certain decisions quickly um i think it's and i think that's fine so long as the dao has ultimate authority in terms of the you know they don't that the, 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 the studio for instance or that entity or working group doesn't have impunity it, it can make these decisions quickly but if they fuck up in some way uh then they you know, the dao has the ability to cut them off let's say so i yeah i think I think the, the as long as you're able to maintain the, the ethos of a DAO as a whole, and uh, the DAO still is able to to maintain full control, uh, or have ultimate kind of the final say. I think it's okay that there are certain levels of centralization, but I also appreciate there are some people who argue wholeheartedly against that, and that's and they would we know we've had people leave the DAO for for that reason very few but there are some people who say like this isn't how a DAO should operate uh, and they've ultimately left and that's that's fine I understand but um I also think that ideal vision of how a DAO should function is also not very efficient and is not very practical either yeah 100% and I wonder if there might be a time where if you are in a lot of DAOs that that there might be um a time where we delegate our um decision making to AI um, I don't know if you have explored that, but, you know, I was like thinking, for example, I've recently joined Rock Radio uh, and then, and I was like looking at their discord and I was like, oh my God, there's so many things that they're asking me to vote on. And I'm like, I don't have time to read all of this, right? <laughs> you know, so, um, so uh, I, I, if there was a, uh, an AI assistant, uh, you know, if we are going as a community more and more in that direction, and if, if, eventually governance becomes more and more decentralized uh, as a whole as well. If there was an AI assistant that was so clearly, uh, cl closely following me as a person, right? And mm. and knowing what I think and how I think and, and could help make those decisions for me. But on the other hand, I can see how that could be a slippery slope because if that AI assistant knows everything about me, could potentially also... Uh, impact my decisions in you know in certain ways I'm fascinated by this topic as a as a tech philosopher you know but I uh, but but uh, yeah have you seen any signs of uh, these types of um, automation uh, or, or are people using these technologies in any way so certainly not within our DAO I mean the furthest we've gotten is is just kind of manual delegation to voting rights to another individual but then again that kind of goes back to the argument of like is it really a DAO that essentially you're just centralizing the the voting power onto to certain individuals so it's it kind of defeats the purpose in my opinion 
Um, it's very interesting that concept of having an AI vote on your behalf. I hadn't, I've never heard of that before. Um, I have some experience with machine learning. I wouldn't personally trust uh, an AI to, to vote on my behalf. Um, I don't know what kind of data set it would be using to 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 learn um, like my voting habits, but um, but it doesn't. It, I mean, it definitely is a challenge. I will say, like getting people to actively vote and participate in votes is is a very very big challenge. Um, you know, I mentioned we have around six hundred active members, but we struggle sometimes to get a hundred votes on on very important proposals. So I think even if it's not AI, having any sort of system that could help automate the voting process but retaining the i guess the democratic aspect of a DAO, that would be an advantage but i personally haven't experienced or seen any any good solutions to that well there is a good business uh, idea <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i think that the, we will get there um you know uh, as we get go towards this singularity <laughs> you know you know but um uh, yeah, it might take some time. I mean, um, uh, Ray Kurzweil, uh, you, I don't know if you know him, he, he's the author of The Singularities Near. He uh, uh, has argued that um, by the end of this decade, we will have machine learning uh, to, or, or, you know, uh, basically artificial uh, general intelligence, which would be like, you know, that, that machines can understand um, things the way that we do maybe better. So, um, so that would be very interesting. Sometimes it feels to me that technology is moving so fast and sometimes it feels like it's still so slow when mm. it comes to things like this. You know, there's so much context and it's quite hard still for, uh, for machines to understand context. Sometimes they um, respond in a way that it looks like they're understanding context. But, uh, but then when you get to the, um, you know, the, the nitty, nitty gritty, and and uh, you know dive deeper then it doesn't. So, so speaking of AI, um, with regards to the the kind of um, uh, artists that you're working on and and uh, with generative art. So how much are you use? Uh, how you are you seeing the use of AI uh, in, in um, generative art? And where do you think it will go in the coming years? So I mean I would argue that AI art isn't generative. So I, I know that's that's controversial, and some people will have different opinions on this. But the way I classify generative art is it is a set of outputs or set of art that's generated through code, or, or rather a system that's infinitely re replicable. And I guess in, in in some ways you could say AR is does fall into that category. But I'm thinking for the studio's purposes, we only work with art that's generated through code. Uh, and again, AI art, I guess you could say is, is art that is generated by code, but and we mean specifically written code. So we, we've we kind of taken a stance where we don't, we, we wouldn't launch an AI created collection currently. Um, I that, that isn't to say that I am not personally a fan of AI art. We are seeing it a lot more. Um, I see it on my feed very very often and it's and I, it's it's quite unfair you know sometimes I'll, I'll scroll through my feed I, basically my entire feed on, on twitter is is just art gen art and uh and sometimes i'll see a piece which i i'll, I'll be blown away by and then i'll see that it's jet i'll see that it's ai based and i'll i'll be a little bit disappointed um because i feel like that's almost cheating in some ways 
Um, but that isn't to say that it's it's definitely becoming more prominent. Um, are you familiar with uh, this? Is kind of unrelated, but are you familiar with uh, Deviant Art as a as a platform? No. It's it's quite an old platform, but it's basically originally was a website where illustrators and and kind of drawn artists could could share their 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 work, but it's become much more of a, a digital platform now, and uh, and they've recently kind of created a feature like they're really leaning into the AI aspect now and they created several filters now where which allows you to kind of completely filter out AI based art because there's just so much of it on the platform now and uh yeah there's it's it's becoming a bit of a hot topic because it's all about like people are now using original artwork as as kind of training sets for their AI models and kind of replicating art that looks extremely similar but is is different and it kind of blurs the line between like what is what is original art what is and you know what does does that apply with copyright and all that kind of stuff so going on a bit of a tangent like I think it's a really interesting space I'm not personally the the biggest fan although I can actually I can see that the visual appeal is 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 definitely there but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting subject. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm fascinated by that topic. Um, I've written a book about the future of work where I, I talked about um, generative art and music, and um, there's been experiments where music has been created in the style of Bach, <laughs> that that uh, especially uses you know um, some of Bach's um, you know work that is maybe not some of his most famous ones and then people have listened to that and and they've actually picked the one that was created by ai over the real bach <laughs> and and thinking and they have thought that that was bach you know so so even bach um you know enthusiasts and and people who are like listening to it all the time they couldn't tell the difference and and likewise you know people going into um, galleries and, and, you know, actually preferring uh, work that is generated by AI. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I actually, um, I'm actually fascinated by it. I'm, uh, I, I think maybe I'm a little bit more AI enthusiast than, than most people, but, uh, I, I, you know, <clears throat> I think that the, the real, the real uh, value and, and the, the real, um, interesting part comes in when AI and human um, is combined, you know, and and human is, uh, uh, you know, human creativity is enhanced by AI. Um, but the truth is that uh, it, it is, you know, the technology is taking over um, so many aspects of, you know, what we would do. And, and in many ways, it does it better. So um, yeah, so so what's the future for for what you're building now? Um, you know, where 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 do you think you will be in, let's say, two three years? So so for us personally, I mean, we're only a year old. So and and if you'd asked me the same question a year ago, I I, I would never have guessed where we you know how far we've come. Um, I do I can see the seeds have been planted for a number of new ventures from within the DAO. So I'm really hopeful that we can um, follow through on those and, and have, you know, not just the studio, but I would say, you know, three, four, maybe five other 
ventures within a year's time. Um, I don't know how, like, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to kind of jinx it. And, and I don't know, I don't want to, other people are working on these. And I think that's the most exciting part is I think the DAO and the studio are, are definitely my personal kind of passion projects, but I love seeing other people take their own initiatives and, and I want them to follow through with it. And I don't want to kind of, you know, spoil the surprise, but that, that, that for me is what I'm really excited about is seeing other working groups forming within the DAO, because for me, like that's, that's what a DAO is all about. It's about, you know, a lot of people join with the expectation of, you know, what, could, what is the DAO going to do for me? What is it going to bring me? I've paid money to be here. What, what's going to be my, my return? But the mentality should, mentality should really be, you know, what can I do to contribute? What can I, how can I leverage the, the, the talent that's within this community to actually, to build something of my own? And I love seeing that when people take on that initiative. So that's, you know, kind of dodging the question. That's what I want to see in the next year. I would hope that there are these new ventures coming from the DAO. Where the space is going, um, God, it, if I could tell you, I'd be a multimillionaire, I think, like, because I would probably be investing in, in certain areas. Um, I, ah, God, I'm trying to think of something to say for that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope we can just mature a little bit in general. Um, you talked about how I think a lot of the NFT space in particular is fueled by speculation and investors um, or speculative investors. I would love to see the, the gen art space really becoming more collector focused and people being less interested in in money and more interested in in just stuff that looks nice and that they can enjoy i think we are getting there if you compare where we were at the you know a year ago uh, versus today i think there there a lot of the initial speculators are are leaving so i hope we just mature in, in that way um maybe it's a big ask but uh yeah and, and then again that, that's not a that's not a prediction that's just a wish uh but that's that's what i would like to see yeah, same here. I, I have the same wish. And uh, and I think that there are things that we can do as founders to um, steer the ship in that direction and, and get people to become more interested in the uh, underlying um, you know, aspect of what, what the builders are trying to do uh, and, and the kind of values that they're trying to bring well thank you so much for sharing your uh, experience and perspective it's really interesting how you built this and uh, i really yeah thank you for having me and i would um, i'll be happy to, to to meet your community and answer their questions as well so yeah thanks okay. again I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Cypher from the GM DAO. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and check out their work at the GM DAO. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show.